0: Welcome to our service here today with the staff of World Ministries International and friends. Dr. Hansen, of course, is out on a, in a conference with leadership, teaching leaders how to be leaders in these times that we have ahead. I'm actually Dr. E.J. Buckart. I've been with Pastor since 1998. Uh, at that time, I was an airline captain, flying 747s around the world. And we met, and then, unfortunately, I had to retire in 2001 because I reached that magic age of 60, and that time you had to retire from the airlines. And I've been with him ever since, as his helpmate, so to speak. Anyway, the day's message I've titled, America Beware, Lest It Be Destroyed. Now, for us who are sitting here and listening, we hear this message all the time, but those out there may not have heard some of the seriousness of the times that we're in. I'm saying we are living in very serious times, troubling times. Prior to these past two years living in the area we do here in Stanwood, Washington, I must admit we've had a pretty comfortable life. But that has changed now since we have a government which wants to destroy our freedom. The freedom that our founding fathers gave us. And the men and women who have fought for this freedom. And many have given their lives so that we can have this freedom. But you have to understand freedom is not free. It must be fought for and it must be earned. The government free benefits that many people are receiving at this time, it's not free. It's free to them, but it's cost somebody for that freedom. The only gift that is free to us. But even that gift cost his, God His Son, Jesus Christ, in the cross. Jesus paid the price for our freedom. Somebody has to pay the price for your freedom. Always appreciate them, whether it be a soldier or whoever it may be. Give them thanks, as we need to give our Lord Jesus Christ thanks, and God thanks, because He saved us. Freedom is not free. It has to have a cost. We started removing God and his word from our heritage here in America back in the 1960s. And we've been on the road to destruction ever since. Bible and prayer removed has allowed the satanic influence to influence our culture. And if anybody has listened to anything that's going on in America today or around the world, you can see this satanic influence. Remember, we may come against the people But remember, they are under the control of satanic influences. So we don't come against them. We pray for those leaders under the satanic rule. We pray for them that they come out from underneath that. But we're fighting Satan. We're fighting forces of evil, (coughs) powers and principalities. How close are we today to destruction that Amos talks about to Israel? So I'm going to be studying, going over the book of Amos, some of it. I like Amos. I was born and raised on a farm. Amos was a farmer that God got a hold of and used in a mighty way. And let's look at the words of Amos and apply it to America, to the church, and also to ourselves. As we have removed God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, and the Ten Commandments from our culture, we can only expect God's judgment to come. The judgment that even Amos talked to about Israel. God's chosen people. The same with us. Either we'll be cursed or we'll be blessed by God. Blessings if we choose to obey. If we choose not to obey, we will have the cursings. So, what does God's Word say to us through Amos in chapter 1? He's talking about judgments to nations. Now, eight times he refers to the phrase, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. I will not turn away the punishment thereof. So if we go to chapter one there, in verse three it says, And the Lord said, For three transgressions of Damascus, and for four, that's a multiplication of transgressors, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have threshed Gilgad with threshings of instruments of iron. Instruments of iron is the method is means war. I will send a fire on the wall of, and then we go to Gaza, on verse 6, and the Lord said, for three transgressions of Gaza, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they have carried away captive, the whole captivity, to deliver them to Edom. I will send a fire on the wall of Gaza, which shall devour the palaces thereof. Gaza took captives, And God says, because you took these people captive, you will be under my judgment. And then in verse 9, the Lord said, for three transgressions of Tyrus, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because they delivered the whole captivity to Edom, and remembered not brotherly covenant. In other words, they failed brotherly love. God says, you do that, I'm going to come against you. We need to love our brothers. And verse 11, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of Edom, and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof, because he did pursue his brother with the sword, and did cast off all pity, and his anger did tear perpetually, and he kept his wrath forever. No forgiveness here. Because the Edom did not have forgiveness in their life, God says, You will come under my judgment. Then verse 13, Thus says the Lord, for three transgressions of the children of Ammon and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they have ripped up the women with child of Gilgad that they might enlarge their border. To me, this means I'm talking about abortion here. I'm going to separate a little back off just a little bit because I really want to talk about abortion because that's one of the things in America that's going to destroy us. It's going to destroy us. God will not approve of it. But first of all, remember, choice is a biblical principle but it can be used wrongly. But choice is a biblical principle. We are not puppets in God's hands. He has given us the freedom to choose. We can choose life or death. That is our choice. Satan's choice is death. God's choice is life. you got to understand that. God's choice is life, not death. The question is, what is your choice? We need to make it now because tomorrow may be too late. I'm going to transgress just a little bit here because back in September 16th, I had a sister, she's 84, or was 84, and uh, she turned 84. And the next day, I forgot to call her on a birthday. Her name is Charlene, forgot to call her on a birthday. And I'm sitting here the next day, here in Deal, and I got scolded because I was on my phone and pastor said, we're not supposed to have phones and do anything. But I was trying to make up for the fact that I didn't call my sister on her birthday. So that night I got back home about 9 o'clock. That would be 9 o'clock her time. I called her. And we had a great talk together. She had just recovered from some, some illness. But she was back to normal. We understand she was even outside maybe mowing the grass and stuff. But she was doing great. I have never heard my sister so happy and so blessed. At 10.30 that night... That's an hour and a half later, according to the doctors, she died of a pulmonary heart attack. Matter of fact, they said that when she got up from her chair, working at her desk, and she turned around, she fell over, and he said that, the doctor said that she died before she even hit the ground, a massive heart attack. You know, the point of this is, don't allow yourself to carry something gradually, against someone because you may not have a chance to do it again. And this is a message I always talk when I talk to funeral. I said, folks, be careful. If you've got something hard against somebody, take care of it now. Because it's horrible to have to go someplace and say, oh man, I wish I would have talked to those persons. I wish I would have forgiven. I wish this. I wish that. Hey, you've got a chance to do it. Your choice is now. Do it. My sister I know is with the Lord. I have no problem with that way. But still, the point is, that quickly. We don't know, so be prepared. God has given us a responsibility to choose good or evil. Once Adam and Eve ate of the tree of good and evil, they became aware of good and evil. Prior to that time, they were not aware of good and evil. Everything was good. Therefore, we now know good and evil, and we must choose between the two. Adam and Eve had to choose after that too. Abortion again is a choice between good and evil and life and death. Abortion is not of God. It's of Satan, the author of death. Abomination is an outright, or abortion is an outright abomination in the eyes of God. It is murder. No matter what a person may believe, life begins at conception. That is, life begins when the sperm and the egg come together. No science of medical doctors can prove otherwise. I don't care what they say. That's when life begins. Now, some people in the pro-abortion say that life begins at the first breath, and they based it on scripture. Because Adam was created out of the dust of the earth, and God breathed into Adam life. They stand on that. But I'm going to try to explain why that's not, that's a false consumption. And I also just as step aside. I says most in Israel, I don't believe when you're born, you're one year old. They don't know exactly when you're born, birthdays, and I'm gonna get in trouble for saying this, but birthdays are not necessarily Christian. I don't mind celebrating birthdays. I think it's a good thing. Okay, but it gave the abortionists the right to say, well, life doesn't start until you're born out of the womb, not conception, because then we start birth one year starting that day so basically i should be one year old when i'm born but now that based that way on that basis they say life doesn't begin until you breathe now this is true of adam and eve because god created them and gave them the breath of life today our children are created by man and woman through the normal birth the baby has breath within the womb The baby breathes within the room. So there's a little bit different story here. But now, unfortunately, this is how evil the abortionists are. We want 28 days to determine where they want that baby to live. No. They've got everything, but they keep moving. They keep pushing. They keep pushing. Because we know the movement of the one world order is to reduce the population. That's their goal. And we'll go a little bit more into that later. But anyway, I just wanted to make the idea that when they use this word breathing, you got to understand the difference between Adam and Eve and us. There's a difference there. So I believe when the male sperm fertilizes the woman's egg, that is when life begins, period. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And I'll stand strong on that. I'll stand strong on that. Okay, let's continue here now, go to uh, Moab. (laughs) Thus says chapter 2 thus says the Lord for three transgressions of Moab and for four I will not turn away the punishment because he burned the bones of the king of Edom in lime once again we're talking about lord war and then Judah verse 4 and the Lord says for three transgressions of Judah and for four I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they despise the law of God have not kept the commandments And the lies have caused them to err after which their father have walked. But I will send fire upon Judah and devour the places of Jerusalem. By the way, Judah and Jerusalem and Israel are God's chosen people. Now, if he's saying this about his chosen people when they turn to sin, I think we better pay attention. We better pay attention. And then verse 6 And the Lord says for three transgressions of Israel and for four, I will not, I will not turn away the punishment thereof because they sold righteous for silver and poor for a pair of shoes that pan after the dust of the earth on the head of the poor and turn aside the way of the meek and a man and his father go into the same maid to profane my holy name. In this one here we see three things about Israel. Number one. The sin of money. Money answers all things. If you look at what's taking place in America right now, especially in our Congress, they're bought and paid for. How many people can make $170,000 a year, work for about 15 years, and retire with multi-million dollars? Something doesn't add up. There's something here that's bribing. They're bribed, basically bribed. The Bible talks about that bribery all the time. And then it talks about sexual perversion. Boy, do we have sexual perversion in this country. Getting back to the sin of money, man has a religious way about himself. Do it my way. The religious way. Or the church ritual. We do it according to ritual. And all churches have a ritual. Even the Pentecostal movement have a ritual. But I won't go into that. But we all have a ritual. we got to be careful that it doesn't come over and above what God wants us to do. Going to church, paying a partial tithe, being outward religious, but do we have a personal relationship with Jesus? I've been reading Oswald Chambers' devotional. He hits this real quick. Yes, you may know God, you may know the Bible, but do you have a personal relationship with the Lord? So I challenge everyone in here, to examine themselves and see if you have a personal relationship with the Lord. That you can talk with Jesus, He can answer your back in whatever way He does. There's still a small voice, however it may hit you over the head with a two-by-four, Well, however He does it. And unfortunately, as you well know, many people get hit over the head with a two-by-four. They have to be brought down as low as they can go and finally say, Lord, forgive me. And then He can restore them. In chapter 4... Five times, it says, yet you have not returned to me. In other words, we have the choice to return to the Lord. But he says, you have not returned to me. And that's what verse 4 is talking about, the uh, paying, partial paying of tithes. Well, if I partially pay my tithe, I would tend to say in most churches, no one pays full tithe. Very few pay a full tithe. Now, we know a lot of people that do. And there are a lot of people who pay a full tithe, but they pay a partial I remember when I was in the Lutheran church, we would have a pledge Sunday every year. And everybody pledged their tithes. I also know of a, another church here, was Pentecostal Church, had the same type of thing. And since I was kind of one of the biggest tithers and givers, not to be proud, but I believe in the scripture, I knew who the top five people in the church of about 700 were. Only 10 people tithe. So, the scripture, if you read Malachi, talks about tithing, to be blessed. If you're not tithing, I'm not saying just because you're going to do it because I want to be blessed, but you do it because of the love of Jesus and the love of people who can be blessed by your tithing. It is important. In verse 6, And I have given the cleanness of teeth in all your cities and want of bread in all your places, yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. The lack of food and water... What do you do when we lack food and water? If we come to the point where you can't go to the grocery store and buy food, you can't turn on your faucet and get water, what are you going to do? God says, if I do that and you don't repent, I'm not going to change things. But we can also trust in the Lord. Okay, folks? God says he will see us through all things. Psalms 91. Psalms 23, another verses, God will see us through. Don't be frightful. Don't be fearful. God says, don't fear. Fear not, for I am with you. These songs that we sang today, saying that. So don't moan and complain about, I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, God can multiply food. There was a, it was in England. This is a modern day England, not the Bible days, Okay. And a gentleman had invited a bunch of people at a hotel for a brunch. He had set up for 35 people. He had 90-some people show up. He went to the kitchen. They said, we can't do anything about it. So he just prayed over the food, asked the food to be blessed. All 90 people got fed, and nobody left hungry. This is modern days, folks. God can provide. God can, and God will provide. In verse nine, God prevented, God created failures of crops. But we know today man is creating crop failure. If you want to go and find an interesting website, it's geoengineering waste, a watch, geoengineeringwatch.org. And unfortunately, between engineering and watch, you have to skip a space. But anyway, he talks about harp. Angels do not play this harp. I've been exposed to that when I was flying with the airlines for many years. They had the big Harp deal up in Alaska. I flew over all these big antennas, and it's called weather modification. In other words, Russia has it. If Russia has it, we better be prepared to do something to counteract it. Unfortunately, if, right now, weather modification is very, very strong in this country. Chemtrails, they are real. The new jet engines airplane airplanes very seldom give out tra- chemtrails. Or give out uh, vapor trails, unless the conditions are just right. There's been a study done by the geoengineering on the hurricane in Florida. Ion. Before I say that, when I was still flying airplanes, the jet stream used to come down over Washington State, go down through the Central America, and back over New York. Wintertime, it moved south, so it was cold. Wintertime, it moved north, it was warm. In the last few years, fine, we noticed that it was it was breaking up. It didn't have that nice move. It was breaking up. You can control weather. You can't create weather, but you control the movement of it. And a hurricane normally moves in a normal pattern. Okay? Moves in a normal pattern. This one came up, did a 90-degree turn, did another 90-degree turn, and it was held in place. And they've got a gentleman has done a study and they actually saw the magnetic influence that caused that to happen. So How does the one world order want to destroy people? You can't go boom, 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 boom. You know, that would look bad. But can you use, take natural weather, create something to cause great destruction? Can you create COVID-19 so that not only do you kill people, but you also sterilize people? It's all part of the system, but we are not to fear. God says these things will come about at these end times, but God will see us through. I'm gonna go quickly here. I thought 28 minutes was a long time. Time flies when you're having fun. In matter of fact, I thought time is fine because I'm older. But I talked to my grandchildren and my granddaughter especially. Dad or grandpa, time is going so fast. Interesting, they sense it too. we still only 24 hours in a day, but we're not accomplished as much as we want to. And we're supposed to have all these new modern things that help us to save time so we can have time off to do things. Interesting. Let's jump over to verse, chapter 8, verse 10. There's a lot in, in Amos. I like Amos. In verse 11 especially, in chapter 8, Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor the thirst for water, but of the hearing the word of the Lord. Do we have a famine today in the hearing of the word of the Lord? We have a prosperity gospel. God's prosperity is what they're talking about. They're not talking about God's prosperity. They're talking about man's prosperity. Money in the bank. That's the prosperity gospel. Sloppy grace. God is all love. He will overlook all your sins. Just repent. Everything will be fine. There will be no judgment. Just soppy grace. False doctrine being taught. I've got a note here. i got to look it up. Matthew 6:31, uh, Matthew 6:31 31 through 33. Take therefore no thought of saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Whether or we shall be clothed? For all these things do the Greeks seek. That's the worldly people. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. I've got a big note here that says, Warning. Hebrews 13.8 says, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I change not. We must heed the words of Amos or judgment will fall on our country. We must do it God's way and not our way. My way of thinking is the best, but if it does not line up with the word of God, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. This will affect our relationship to everyone we come into contact with. Christ requires a humble and a contrite spirit. Not a spirit that I'm always right, or you're always wrong. That's not a humble spirit. In many cases, that can be an evil spirit and not a Holy Spirit. This evil spirit must be dealt with by humility and forgiveness. Remember, if we do not forgive, Jesus will not forgive us. Three references you can look up is Luke 6, 37, Colossians three thirteen. Mark 11, 26. We can only have this surrendering by surrendering our life totally to the will of Jesus. You cannot do it on your own, no matter how you try. Don't even try. Allow the Holy Spirit to work within you. It's time for us to take control of our lives and choose God's way. Live a life of humility. Live a life of forgiveness. Life is too short to do otherwise. And that was really made known as they talked about my sister. Thank you for your word, Lord. Bless let it, Lord. Let us do what we need to do to be able to totally change this country so that we do not come under the condemnations that Amos is talking about. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International. And host, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs made for television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen.